Once upon a time, two friends began sharing their dreams, literally. We wrote them down in the wee hours and unpacked them with each other via text upon waking, finding inspiration in their symbolism. Our dreams taught us that divine fingerprints are everywhere and can illuminate a path to Jesus Christ. I am Sarah. And I am Megan. And this is Dreamsicle. Join us as we learn to pay attention and find revelation for our lives hiding in plain sight. Hi friends, today we're going to talk about revelation, why it's so important, how we can access it, and some of the myths and misconceptions around revelation. So I think we all know that revelation is like a desirable thing. It's something that we have been commanded to seek after and that we want, but I think we can all agree that it's something that we can also struggle with. Yeah. I mean, I've heard so many people say, I just don't get revelation. God doesn't speak to me. And frankly, I have felt that way during periods of my life. Me too. It's just real. And those dark periods can last a long time. And even for really faithful people, it's is really hard. Let's take a look at the scriptures and just get some ideas about what Revelation looks like. Sounds good. So in Doctrine and Covenants, we get this iconic scripture, I will tell you in your mind and in your heart by the Holy Ghost, which shall come upon you and which shall dwell in your heart. Now behold, this is the spirit of Revelation. So it kind of gives us this concept that Revelation may not be a thunderclap and a bolt of lightning. It may not be a pillar of fire. It might be something that you feel. Right. And it might be something that you think in your mind. I think that's true. I think that we all think that we are on the same page with that. I don't know. I feel like sometimes we're like, yeah, yeah, it's not going to be a thunderclap. It's not going to be a pillar of fire. But I think we are still expecting something spectacular. I don't know. I think you should tell that story from the period in your life where you were seeking revelation and it wasn't coming. Okay. So I've, I don't know. I think we've all been through like different periods of darkness or disappointment. I think disappointment can definitely kind of like create a barrier or I don't know. What would you call it? Just a void almost. It feels like a a vacuum. Mm -hmm. There's just feels like there's nothing there. Yeah, so I was going through a period of time that was, I don't know, just particularly difficult for various reasons. I felt like I had built up a lot of anticipation for a singular experience that I thought would go a certain way and that I thought God would show up in a certain way, and it just didn't happen that way. And it was super disappointing, and then it led to like a long period of just like working through that disappointment and um, trying to find like a belief in God again and a belief that he cared about me and that he wanted to communicate with me. So while I was in this kind of dark period, I was sitting in a lesson and our teacher, she's just awesome. 
and was super passionately bearing testimony at the end about like if we just like reached out to heaven, then we would feel the love of our heavenly parents. And I was like, well, that sounds good. <laughs> and um, I think I was not super um, consistent with my prayers at this time. I was, you know, I would pray with my family and I would pray at mealtime and at church. And I was just kind of going through the motions, but I don't think I had like a super, I don't know, personal relationship with God. So I was like, I, I think I should do that. Like I'm, I'm going to take her up on this challenge. So after I put my kids to bed, I found a quiet place in my house and I prayed. And honestly, I felt nothing. Like I felt nothing. (laughs) And I, I like to think that I was not looking for anything spectacular, but I don't know, maybe I was. And there's a quote by President Oaks that says, perhaps your prayers have been answered again and again, but you have had your expectation fixed on a sign so grand or a voice so loud that you think you have had no answer. And for me, I think it was a a combination of patience that I needed and like increased desire. Because I think sometimes we think we want something, but are we acting in accordance with like a, a real desire? I mean, I wasn't really praying consistently. I wasn't, you know, I was going through like the minimum motions of like going to church with my family. But I don't know that I was doing a lot beyond that. Um, so for me, it was like a combination of patience and like experiences over time that increased my desire to really seek for answers. So you talked about kind of an increase in desire and that kind of, you kind of stepped up like your devotional practices because you were yearning. And I sort of think that that's kind of a consistent piece in receiving revelation is kind of like a, this yearning, this desire, almost a decision that you're going to apply yourself and, and see what happens. It's kind of like, it makes me think of that scripture that we always talk about when we talk about tithing, the law of tithing, that's like, prove me now herewith, that if I'll open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that you don't even have room enough to receive it. That's not exactly the scripture. I just gave my version of it. <laughs> it's like, just try me, try me and see what you think. And I think that's what happened to me. I had been in a very dark place um, raising my children several years ago. And I went to therapy because I was desperate for help. And now I'm like, I should go on a speaking tour trying to get people into therapy because I think it's the best thing in the world and everyone could benefit from it. But anyway, so for therapy to be effective, you have to be really honest with yourself and you have to be open to a lot of different ideas, including if they don't cast yourself in the best light. Like You have to be really open and vulnerable and willing to change. And I decided I was going to do that. And I decided that I was going to believe that God could help me. Whereas before, I think I believed in him and I believed in Jesus. But like for some weird reason, I thought I was like the exception and they weren't going to help me. Like they they could help anybody they wanted to and they probably would help other people, but not me. I, I don't know why I thought that. 
it was just such a dark, desolate time. But I decided I am going to believe that they can help me. And it was like that decision changed my ability to receive revelation because that's when I started having my dreams, which I had had sporadically throughout my life before that, very sporadically. And then suddenly they were coming with great consistency, great symbolism. And I would wake up with a sense of like love and fullness and this sense of like, we've given you everything that you need. We still are giving it to you. So one of the dreams I had way early in my dream experience and my spiritual journey was a dream about Disneyland. So I was at Disneyland with my oldest son, Henry, my mother-in-law, Joyce, and my sister-in-law, Mia. And in the dream, Mia was very, very pregnant and just went into labor right there at Disneyland, like happiest place on earth to give birth. (laughs) (laughs) And and so she just was on the ground. People were all around us, you know, milling around, walking, and, and Joyce delivered the baby. And then the dream shifted and we were in our hotel room and Mia was asleep, bundled up in the bed, and and Joyce said to me quietly, I need to find something to wrap the baby in to keep the baby warm. And I was like, well, let me go check my suitcase and see if I've got something in here that would work. So I unzipped my suitcase, and I opened it up, and I was it was this complete sense of happy astonishment. The whole suitcase was packed full of newborn baby supplies, like diapers and and wipes and onesies and footed jammies and pacifiers and swaddling blankets. And I had the sense of like, whoa, did I did I think to pack this? <laughs> Why do I have all of this stuff? And then as I woke up, I realized it was like this this sense of we have given you everything you need. And we packed it in your suitcase before you even knew you would need it. And it was this sense of like great confidence because it didn't have to, I didn't have to rely only on my own abilities. Like my heavenly parents were bestowing these gifts upon me. So that was, that was an amazing kind of um, sea change for me. And then I also shortly thereafter had (laughs) my brownie dream, which like, says a lot about me and how I feel about brownies (laughs) and my heavenly parents know how I feel about brownies. Anyway, so I I had this dream that I was about to eat a brownie. It was on a plate and it looked really good. And it had this tiny little dollop of whipped cream on it. And I, I was like, Oh, that's kind of a disappointing little garnish of whipped cream. I mean, if you're going to put whipped cream on a brownie, like, put some whipped cream on. Pile it anyway, on. And, right. And then the the plate kind of turned and I saw that behind the brownie, there was an enormous <laughs> pile of whipped cream that was like almost bigger than the brownie. And <laughs> this just goes back to like how I feel about chocolate, but I saw the whipped cream and I was like, oh, that looks amazing. And it was this sense of I'm not even just giving you a brownie. Like I'm giving you everything, all good things 
even things that aren't necessary, just things that you enjoy. I'm here to make your life better. And those two dreams like changed how I felt about God. I felt like God, like they were there. They knew me. They didn't hate me. They wanted to help me. And I felt this sense of increased confidence because things in my life at that point did not immediately change. They did change later, but at the time, my ability to handle them changed. And I felt I felt capable. I felt loved. I felt seen. I felt um, hopeful. And I just knew that it would work out. There was a sense of lightness, which was in contrast to that kind of dark. Heaviness. Bleak. Yeah, definitely. Bleak heaviness, like a lack that I felt before. Right. It was a really marked difference. I mean, just completely night and day. Right. And when you feel seen and loved, then you feel... I think it lends itself to feeling more capable, like you can handle what is coming because you have divinity on your side. Okay, so another thing I've faced and I think is kind of a universal with the idea of revelation is this notion of, I don't know if I want to know what God thinks. Or maybe it could be phrased as, I don't want to ask God because I'm afraid I won't get an answer. Or even, I don't want to ask God because I'm afraid I will. Right. <laughs> like there's kind of this blockage of, of fear. And I guess when I, the more I think about that, because I, I've definitely faced it before, I guess what are we expecting from God? Are we expecting judgment? Or that they will just give us like a list of more things we should be doing when we already feel like we're at capacity? Or is it that we just are seeking love and acceptance just as we are? Which is what happened with me and the the brownie dream and the Disneyland dream. I, I just wanted to be seen and understood And so for me, like the turning point was recognizing that revelation didn't have to be painful. It could be really joyful and instructive and incredibly peaceful. I love that. I actually had an experience not too long ago. So um, this was after I dug out of the deep, dark hole. (laughs) And I was really, really trying hard to lean into any promptings I felt, any revelation I felt like I was receiving, which is what makes this kind of funny. So I had just dropped my daughter off at school and I was sitting in the parking lot and I was kind of going over the list of things I had to do that day. And one of them was I needed to call a doctor's office and make an appointment, but it wasn't super critical. And I left her parking lot and I noticed the time. It was 1148 in the morning. And about two minutes later, I felt this prompting to pull over and call the doctor's office right then. And it's funny to me that I was really trying hard to listen to the spirit. And my reaction was, what? (laughs) Why would I do that? (laughs) Like, this is not time sensitive. It doesn't really matter. So I just kept driving. Two minutes later, I felt it again. Pull over, 
and call the doctor right now. Then I start thinking like, why would I need to do that? Is there going to be like an accident up ahead that I'm going to (laughs) avoid by pulling over? You know how all the stories go, right? But I didn't listen. So then I felt it one more time. Just pull over right now and call the doctor. And I was like, okay, tell you what, I'm going to the grocery store next. I will call from the parking lot as soon as I get there before I go in the store. Like that's soon enough, right? This is what we call bargaining with the spirit. (laughs) I don't recommend it. (laughs) Except in my instance, it was, it did teach me something important. So I get to the parking lot, it's 12.03 and I very smugly think to myself, see, there wasn't even an accident that I like passed on the way here. I got here without incident, like what is the problem? So I called the doctor's office and it's an answering service and it says our office hours are from 9 a.m. to noon and 1.30 p.m. to 4.30 p.m. So I had missed the window of calling and getting a real person by three minutes, which is not that big of a deal. Like I could call the doctor later that day But I felt this immediate, it was just a a moment that I was taught very clearly. I felt like my heavenly parents said, we're not just here to help you avert disaster. We're here to help you in every way. And I, I mean, if I can believe that my heavenly parents want to save me the inconvenience of making multiple phone calls, then maybe I can also believe that they're more than aware of the big, heavy things that are weighing on my heart or that are difficult for me or my family. And suddenly the unanswerable questions and the desolate darkness becomes not radio silence from a punishing or unloving God, but conditions that are lovingly afforded to help me with my mission on earth. That's beautiful. There's so much love in that story. I just love it. It's saturated. So this reminds me of something that Jesus taught his disciples when he was on the earth. He said in John 14, 18, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. And I think, I don't know, it's easy to kind of think that those moments of revelation only come at like really big moments or, you know, to help us avoid the car accident or some other disaster in our lives. But there to comfort us, there to show the love of our heavenly parents. So I want to share a dream that I had over the summer that taught me a lot about receiving revelation and how that can work. So in June, Um, When some of the national parks started opening up after the quarantine, at least for campers and and cabins, um, my family went, we we were planning a trip to Yellowstone and Grand Teton National Park. And a couple nights before we were going to leave, I had this really vivid, clear dream that I was driving along with my family and we were looking at a bear there was a bear right by a black bear that was right by our car and all the windows were down in our car. (laughs) And we watched the bear walk over to a dog that was sitting on the side of the road. And the dog was really distinctive looking. It had 
this really happy face and like gray kind of ropey fur that was really long and shaggy. And the bear went over and clawed out the dog's eyes like in front of us, which is kind of horrifying and gross. But this is what happened. And the thing I noticed was that the dog, the dog's expression stayed really like calm and placid through this whole experience. Anyway, it was really creepy. And then other things happened with the bear and the dream. And it was, it really left a mark (laughs) So (laughs) emotionally. So I thought like, are we going to face a bear attack on our trip? Do we need to be extra cautious? I was worried about all of the possibilities as well, as one does. And then we got to Grand Teton. We were at Coulter Bay and it was like the third day of our trip. And we were standing outside the general store there. We were going to go in and buy ice cream. And I look over and I just happened to see a family that had brought their dog It's sitting on the sidewalk a few feet away from me. And it was exactly like the dog in my dream. It was like this really distinctive gray dog with shaggy fur that looked kind of like rope. And it had the same face and the same ears. And the only difference, like I was stunned when I saw this dog. Like, is this happening in real life? Like I saw this dog in my dream. But the only difference was the dog had eyes. And he was just looking right at me and like was the sweetest good boy ever. And I realized that the difference was in real life, the dog had his eyes and I felt the spirit teaching me that this dog has eyes and you have eyes and you can see and hear the things that you're being taught by the spirit. You don't have to fear. You don't have to be afraid. You'll learn when we teach you. Oh, I love that so much. And I love that the dog was so distinct that you could make that connection. Right. And I don't know, I've thought a lot about this experience and I don't think this is unique to me. This I I understand that maybe not everybody has, you know, vivid dreams, but I think the idea of accessing revelation is not something reserved for like an elect few. It's something that we can all kind of aspire to and work on. And uh, Joseph Smith actually said, "Is it is the privilege of the children of God to come to God and get revelation. God is not a respecter of persons. We all have the same privilege. I think that's beautiful that he's not going to bestow it on some and withhold it from others. We all have that capacity, that potential, but perhaps it it requires that kind of key piece of like you described it as leaning in or desiring or yearning, trying, kind of signaling to heaven, like, I'm ready. I want to receive more. How do you think we do that? For me, personally, it was an exercise in humility. It was kind of recognizing that I was being kind of prideful, that sounds ironic because life was beating me down pretty harshly during my period of darkness, which I thought made me humble. But I wasn't being humble in the sense that I thought God couldn't help me, like he wouldn't help me. So I actually realized ironically that I was being prideful, like I was telling God 
what they could do, what they were capable of. And I wasn't receiving it. I was like, it was like I was deflecting it almost. It's almost like this sense of I was manifesting no help because I was putting out there that I couldn't receive any help. And that changed when I I felt humbled, not just by my life experiences, but by this spiritual desire to learn more and to know how they felt about me and and my life. Humility was like the key that unlocked the revelation into my life. Like it was like suddenly I had this fire hose of communication with heaven that was not overwhelming, but it was like astonishing and beautiful. And it, it just helped me. So, I mean, it was a pretty dramatic difference going from you can't help me, you won't help me to I'm going to choose to believe that you can help me. And it's almost like prayer and manifesting, whatever you want to call it. It's like this idea of asking for something and believing that it will happen. And then it happens. It reminds me of that quote by President Nelson. When you reach up for the Lord's power in your life with the same intensity that a drowning person has when grasping and gasping for air, power from Jesus Christ will be yours. Which I always thought meant you had to hit rock bottom. You had to be like drowning. But it's not that. It's an attitude of humility. So it could be when you're at rock rock bottom or it just... You could intercept <laughs> your life before we did. <laughs> yes, right? You could just intentionally decide before you hit rock bottom <laughs> that you are ready. You're ready to receive it. One thing I realized once I did humble myself and started receiving revelation was that it it happened more and it worked better when I had kind of a spirit of meekness, which I think sometimes growing up, I, I equated being meek with like kind of weakness. And I suddenly saw that it was not that. Being meek is kind of like being in tune with what our Savior wants for us and what he's doing for us. And there's a great sense of strength in that. And also kind of a choice. It's kind of like our agency plays into it. We get to choose and access that by intentionally desiring it. So once I was receiving just this great flow of revelation and comfort and peace into my life, the difference was stark. I was able to see that before when I felt like I was in like this deep, dark canyon, cold canyon by myself, I wasn't alone. Jesus had been with me. He'd been with me the whole time. He'd never not been there. And he was still with me ever since. He was helping me daily. And I I don't mean that in like a vague, nebulous way. He was helping me with everything. He was giving me strength. He was giving me inspiration. It was like he was just giving me the peace I needed in this chaotic kind of life I was living with all the disabilities around me to just keep going. 
and to feel hopeful. And that was like an incredible change. That is such like huge. Jesus. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I'm so glad that I discovered Jesus at 37. It took me that long too. I was in my late 30s. Yeah. Yep. What is that? <laughs> it takes time. It does. It seems that revelation, a big um, part of it is just communicating that, that Jesus is with us. I love this quote by President Nelson. He said, This timeless offer to provide personal revelation is extended to all of his children. It almost sounds too good to be true, but it is true. I have received and responded to that heavenly help, and I have learned that I always need to be ready to receive it. friends. Hydrate, get some sleep, dream deeply. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram. You can find us at dreamsicle.podcast. We have a website. Oh yeah. If you want to find like the quotes and extras, extras from today's episode, you can find it at dreamsiclepodcast.com. <laughs>